This is former Ranger Jeff Fry, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. This is Kyle Cody of the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. In the air, shallow right. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rangers Nation's podcast. I'm your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is Texas Rangers Q&A, Ranger Nation podcast Q&A. I put the word out earlier this week that we were going to do this, and uh, so here we are. We're doing it. I want to thank everybody that submitted questions. I, I came up with the top 11. The, it got repetitive after a while, and once we got through that that time, I just started – I just went with the first 11. Everything else seemed to be the same questions asked in different ways. So um, – and for those that have made the top 11, um, I am going to put you in a drawing, and in the drawing you have a chance, and what you're going to win is that you're going to win a prize, and we'll do that uh, probably later this week. Uh, you're going to win a Shegon Nation T-shirt. Uh, was with Jeff Fry. A lot of you that don't know, I put the announcement out today. Uh, Jeff Fry is starting up a She Gone Nation podcast and reached out to me to do it and uh, to help him out with it. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually uh, going to be the producer of it and kind of help him get it started. He's got a lot of contacts in the business. He's a, currently a major league agent, played in the major leagues for nine years. Uh, just anytime he, he's, he's, he's got all kinds of different contexts throughout scouting and coaching and former players, current players, uh, front office personnel, and all kinds of fun things. So I think his podcast is really going to be good. Um, but I uh, reached out and was with Jeff yesterday, told him what I was doing here, and uh, and he said he'd get me a shirt to give you all for a prize. Now, what's going to happen with the Ranger Nation podcast? Nothing. Nothing with the Rangers Nation podcast is going to happen. This thing's still going to go on. We're still going to have it. I still write for Dallas Sports Nation and uh, still going to do the Rangers Nation podcast. I'll just be uh, uh, helping him out, and you can listen to his podcast also. And and some of those guests, it'll be good for me to get some of those guys to come over to the Ranger Nation podcast uh, and, and, and do some stuff over here too. <clears throat> so, with that being said, it's, it's very exciting. It's fun for me. Something else I get to do is going to be a lot of fun for me. But with that being, in, being started, let's get into the questions and what you guys were um, asking me. So the first question came from Jason Davis. Jason Davis. So you're in the drawing, Jason. What are Ray Davis and Bob Simpson, Bob Simpson going to do to ensure a winning season with the playoffs, with playoffs in the next three years? Okay, let me re- restate that. What are Ray Davis – and Bob Simpson going to do to ensure a winning season with playoffs in the next three years. Okay, so, the, okay, where to start with this? First of all, I, there's a lot of people that just think Ray Davis and, and Bob Simpson, they're the, Ray Davis is actually the, the 
the figurehead of the team, but but him and Bob Simpson are the co-owners. Uh, but uh, Ray uh, is is the one that is usually in front of people. I've actually met him a couple times. Um, uh, there's this misconception. I think everybody thinks that they're cheap. They don't want to spend money. They don't they don't like to spend money, and and they're just they just want to make money, and that's all it's about. Um, and that's not it. I don't think that's it at all. I think that that in all seriousness, look in the past. Um, the Rangers, this, this ownership has spent money when they needed to. This is the ownership that uh, lost out on Cliff Lee and not because Cliff Lee wasn't offered a better contract. He was offered just as much money to play here. He wanted to go back to Philadelphia, and he went back to Philadelphia. Once that was done, uh, in fact, they were willing to do both. Uh, they went out and got Adrian Beltre. El- Adrian Beltre was supposed to be going to the, the Anaheim Angels. That's where he was going to go. The LA, that, he was going to the Angels. And everyone knew he was going to go to the Angels. He was uh, destined to go there. Everyone connected him there. But the Rangers stepped up, offered a bigger contract, and, and Adrian ended up signing here. And, Bob, you know, uh, Ray Davis and, and, and Bob, Ray and Bob are the ones that, okayed that and spent the money on that. Um, I think the situation they got in right now is that COVID really threw a wrench in this. If you guys remember, they, 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 that we traded, uh, they traded last year for Corey Kluber brought in that contract um, with, with, with Corey coming in and what they had, they, they didn't, they, they tried to get uh, Anthony Rendon and they lost out on him. And before they did the trade for Corey Kluber and they made a significant offer to Anthony Rendon. they, they well, John Daniel did, but John, John had that from the ownership. Ownership gave him the go ahead last year to spend that money. They offered well over you know over three hundred million is what they offered him and what and where they were going with it, uh, over thirty million dollars a year. So the Rangers were willing to spend the money. Uh, they missed out. Rendon got a much bigger contract with the Angels, uh, one that I'm actually kind of glad that the Rangers didn't get uh after that the Rangers ended up going a little cheaper everybody got mad they and if you got to remember they, they looked at that rotation going into last year and they had Mike Miner Lance Lynn Corey Kluber they had uh Gibson and uh Jordan Lyles they had signed Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles and going into that with those two <coughs> excuse me Going into that, that that was a great. There were some people that thought that that might be one of the top five rotations in in the American League. So that it wasn't small potatoes there. They actually put together a pretty good rotation. Now, what what the question was was what was going to happen with the lineup. Um, and the biggest name in the lineup obviously was Chu, as far as the most consistent. Joey Gallo had had a wonderful year before the injury in 2019, and so they really thought, well, let's see what we got there. And with that pitching staff, you stay in it, get to the trade deadline. There was only going to be 30 days before the trade deadline because it was only a two-month season. Then you could go out and maybe make some moves to add a bat or whatever, and then it became pretty obvious once Kluber went down, Minor wasn't the same. The team started out okay, and actually they started out kind of what everyone thought. They they hung around. They were winning games. They weren't below 500 at first. They were kind of hanging around at 500, and then the wheels kind of came off and, and it, reality set in. And they realized that this team, once the – they realized that they were farther away than they really uh, thought they were. And and that was just the reality of what it. So they started trading away, going for it, and then made the announcement in the offseason, look, everything going forward is going to be for the future. They don't expect to contend next year. They don't. I think when it comes to it, 
Um, they're going to see what they have this year. They've made the move to to get Dane Dunning here. They've uh, David Dahl's here now, and that's you know that's going to be a good player for left field. He's here for a few years, or he's under team control. Um, they've got uh, you know you know they went out and and got uh, Nate Lowe that they they traded for, who's going to be playing first base. Ronald Guzman, you see what he's doing in the offseason. This is a team that you see what they're doing this year, they might surprise some people. No, they're not going to win the West. They are not going to win the West or make the playoffs. If they do, it would be one of the greatest stories ever because they are not – any team's capable of getting hot and talent play above what it is and go, but that this isn't going to happen. <clears throat> what they'll know is what exactly they have, what starting pitching is going to be serviceable, what's going on, and they'll go into next offseason knowing where to go spend the money and sign them, and it gives you a better. I think in 20 – in 2022, this team will compete for a wild card. In 2023, they'll be looking to to definitely, if they don't compete for the wild card and win a wild card or at least the West, that'll be a disappointment in, in their eyes. I think that's where they want to go. Billy Thompson, you're the second one that's on there. Are the Rangers actually trying to win with the roster or just pay the bills? Look, this this is kind of a piggyback off, off of what I just said there. This team wants to win. But there's a thing you got to understand. you got to be smart. In business, and, and I know that, that everybody thinks that they're just businessmen trying to make money. Well, yeah, I mean, look, they are business, and nobody wants to lose money on this. But I think that the I think that Ray Davis and Bob Simpson would be just fine if this team could at least break even and make a little bit of money. They're not worried about making huge profits. This is not their big business that they made their money off of. But you can't have a uh, you can't have a part of it going in the negative millions of dollars every year because they're not drawing enough revenue to, to support the payroll and what you're doing. Not only does it hamstring the team, it ha- I mean, that's just bad business. You, you've got to stay self-solvent. And that's why I think that they want to win. Yes, they want to win. They're always going to want to win, but they weren't going to be stupid about it. And that's the thing that, that you had to understand. They weren't going to go out there and be stupid. They couldn't go spend free agent money because they were too far away from from competing this year so there was no sense going out and signing a big name free agent um because if they don't think they're going to be there for for two or three years you got to see what you have and get get trades that have controllable players that could turn out to be really good and that's what they were trying to do landry jackson you're number three on this landry jackson what did scouts see in evan carter to draft him in the second round well, this draft was a strange draft, and a lot of you know that, that the draft was only uh, five rounds. Normally it goes, I think, up to 35 or 40 rounds. They're trying to narrow that down anyway. Uh, but they only went to five rounds. It was a COVID year, and this was a huge – I mean, everyone's eyes opened up wide when this happened. Evan Carter was the high school kid out of Tennessee. He was slated to go to Duke University. He was a left-handed pitcher and a outfielder. They, the Rangers drafted him to be an outfielder. Uh, when he came in the second round, he was on nobody's board. Nobody thought that 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 he was being drafted in the second round. I distinctly remember after that draft, the day it was just a one-day draft, a two-day draft actually, because they did the first two rounds that first night, and then they did three through five. But I remember after he was drafted, uh, Kip Fag, who is the the uh, he's the uh, the head of scouting and the scouting department and all of that, he was the one that that had the press conference with John Daniel, and he said that he really thought that the Rangers, the the Rangers made a big coup on this one. They they stole this kid because they think it had they had had Evan Carter been able to play 
a full season and not only you know he didn't get to play at all because they canceled their season or he played a couple little tournaments and that was it he thought that everyone was going to be in on this guy and they felt like he kip fag was saying a five tool player five tools you're the last five tool player one of the last five tool players that we've seen come through here was a guy named Josh Hamilton. When Josh Hamilton was coming out of high school, he was the number one pick overall by the Tampa Bay Rays. He was legitimately listed as a five tool player. He had power, he had speed, he had an arm, he had, you know, it just a total, uh, he was a good defender. I mean, th this guy had all the tools and the intangibles going out. Kip Fag said that this guy was a, he is a legit five tool player, is what he said. Now, a lot of players over, overstate, you know what their players are they want you to think they they did that but I, I want you to hear something here so so uh obviously the um uh there there was no minor league season so he didn't ever play in the minor leagues he didn't play in rookie ball or he didn't play in the up in spokane when spokane was part of the there so so let me tell you what they did they, they played um fall instructs and he went he was one of the players they sent to fall instructional leagues and let me let me read what he did and and kind of the scouting that that went that, that i was reading about uh Evan that happened um, with this. So, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, so the talk of the draft of the 2020 Rangers, this was on MLB, was uh, him. They, they said Carter, he was a Tennessee prep outfielder. They had draft experts scratching their heads. When the Rangers took him in the second round, uh, when the Rangers took him in the second round, he has met expectations of a second-round pick. He hit 273 in fall, in the fall instructs, and has shown a knack for being on base with it. He was, got on base five – uh, 50% of the time. He had a, he had a 500 on base percentage. That's amazing. And this, and this isn't him doing against Valley Vista high. That's across the street, uh, from the surprise recreation campus. He's excelling against peers and players. Now the guy that's coaching Hickory this year said this, he said, he's been, I'd say even better than advertised said Carlos Cordoza. He's the low a Hickory manager who is the, uh, who has the younger of the two instruct teams. And he said, everything our scouting group talked about, the makeup, the intelligence, the aptitude, just the natural athleticism. I know he's kind of like a late bloomer when it comes to the draft status and all that, but it's all played. It's all played up. So he has really been talked about well and impressed some people in fall instructs. Was he Josh Young? No, he wasn't Josh Young, but Josh Young's 22 years old. He's a college, came out of college. He's a much polished. This is a kid that's 18 years old. So that's what they were thinking about, and what did they see in him? That's what they saw in him. Andrew Wren. <clears throat> Andrew Wren, you're number four on the list, and he says, will IKF, will Isaiah Kiner-Falifa stay at shortstop all season, and when will Ruge be traded? Ooh, a two-parter there. I think, yes, I, Isaiah Counter-Falifa will stay at shortstop the entire season unless there's an injury and he's injured or there's some kind of trade made at any point where maybe the the, uh, the Rangers go out and pull off a big deal for someone like like Trevor Story or uh, another shortstop that, that, that's a, uh, a long-term solution there and Isaiah could easily slide back over to third or he could slide to second base. In any case – that would be the only scenario where I, I don't where I see him because he is the legitimately best defensive shortstop on the team right now. <clears throat> That's on the forty man roster. He is legitimately the best one. When will Rugi be traded? Whew. You know what? If it hasn't happened by now, I don't know that it will before spring training. 
Um, I guess maybe in spring training, if he does well, look, if Ruggie's got a bad contract, um, if you're going to get rid of Ruggie, you've got to get rid of his tr- contract. So maybe you're trading him for another bad contract. That's about all you can see. Honestly, I think Ruggie will make the team. I think he'll play more than people want him to. Uh, but I, you know, Nick Solak is who they're slated to be the starting second baseman. I think Ruggie will be, I think he'll learn to play a little bit of outfield. I think he'll learn to play a little bit of third base. Um, he was a shortstop also. I think he's relegated back into some sort of utility role until they can somehow, until he's just not doing it enough to where, you know, if they're not going to get anybody interested to, to, to unload at least part of the contract or anything like that, <clears throat> I don't see him getting traded. I, I just don't see it. Uh, I think it, all in all, um, either he plays his way. If he's playing a lot, that means he's playing better. If he's not playing a lot, I think at some point, if there's just better players to take over, they just cut bait and just lose the money on him. Zachary Taylor, what's the state of the minors? Are the top prospects still on schedule, even after losing out on development in 2020? What is your opinion of what they do with the number two pick? <clears throat> okay. So on this one, it's a little um, – okay, so where do we start? What's the state of the minors? So first of all, it looks like they are going to have a minor league season. This year they did get rid of Spokane. Now, normally what they would do, you, you had uh, extended spring and you have the Arizona, the Arizona League um, that they play where a lot of your drafted kids that get drafted in June will go to Arizona and, uh, and, and play there. Um, and, and they'll – because they've just come out of high school, depending on how much they play, they usually stay there. And if they they do well enough there, and and they're really doing well, and that and they don't play in front of hardly anybody there, then there is a chance that they they used to would go to what's called short season, and a lot of teams have short seasons, and uh, so for for short seasons, um, it used that last year it used to be in Spokane. They don't have that anymore. They got rid of Spokane. They don't have short season anymore. Most of these kids are all going to stay in Arizona and play extended spring or pay on these, you know, the Arizona league. They'll probably have a couple of teams now in out of Arizona. And a lot of the younger kids will play there. And then the next step will be low a now low a used to be Hickory, Hickory crawdads. And then high a ball, which was the, the higher end of a ball was the down East wood ducks. They have swapped those. So now down East is going to be the low a they'll be in the South Atlantic league. And then uh, the Carolina League will now get the Hickory Crawdads, and the Hickory Crawdads are going to move up to be that. And then you go from 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 uh, high A, Hickory Crawdads, you'll go to double A, which is Frisco, and then on to triple A, which is now back in Round Rock. It was in Nashville for the last two years, and now it's back in Round Rock where it was for years before that. Uh, when I was younger, there was always Oklahoma City. They were in Oklahoma City for years when I was younger. <clears throat> but that's where that's the state of the minor leagues. Now, the second the second part of your question was what do I think the Rangers will do with the number two pick? Well, there's – look, everybody's consensus all around is that Kumar Rocker, he's the he's the pitcher out of Vanderbilt, is the overall number one draft pick. Now, they always – every year that's what they do. I mean, they, they go in, they have one guy, he's the overall number one. And a lot of times it may play out to that by the end of the season, especially if that person is a uh, – is a uh, a defensive player and hitter. Uh, a lot of times, Ashley Rushman was that guy. A couple of years ago, he went from beginning to end. He was the the, the number one overall pick. Uh, sometimes with your pitchers, it, it, things can change um, if he doesn't have the season or whatever. But he supposedly got five good pitches. Um, he's done well at Vanderbilt. They this year, if they have their seat, they're supposed to have their season. He is slated to be the number one overall pick. With that being said, then then there's a lot of talk that that he's going to go 
number one overall. Um, if if he does, what are they going to do with the second pick? Well, there's a lot of talk of who who is the the second best pick. And a lot of people have been talking about this Jordan Lawler. Now, you can go watch Jordan Lawler play locally because he plays for Jesuit. He's a shortstop, five-tool kid, supposedly, playing for uh, playing for um, Jesuit. Um, he's supposed to be the number two. They've also talked about another Vanderbilt pitcher, Jack Leiter, who is the son of Al Leiter. Um, but they've got him ranked in the top five. They've got Adrian uh, Del Castillo. He's the catcher for the University of Miami. And they've got Matt McClain, who's a shortstop for UCLA. Those are your top five picks. My guess is going to stay um, right in there. There's also Jaden Hill, who's a, a pitcher for LSU. Um, you know, if you're look, when you've got the number two overall pick, unless Kumar has not had a good pick or they think he's going to be tough to sign and he slides because of that. Who's got the number one? I think Pittsburgh's got the number one pick. <clears throat> so if Kumar slides to number two, um, you know, you have to seriously look at Kumar from everything we've heard about the guy. If Kumar goes or if he doesn't have, he has a subpar season. If you've got the number two overall pick, I, I've always said you go with a position player. With, with that, if Jordan Lawler is as good as everyone says Jordan Lawler is, that's who I hope they take and I would like to see him take. They're going to have a lot of scouts on him since he's local. So that would be uh, – that, that's what I think. Steve, and to piggyback off that, Steve Farrar, um, you know, was the next guy that asked about and he got repetitive. This is how I started realizing I probably needed to, to look into – to narrow these down. A lot of people are asking this question. Rocker seems to be the consensus number one overall pick in the draft. Who do you think the Rangers will take with number two? Well, that's the same thing. I just answered that with Zachary. So I think that their pick is either going to be Lawler or Rocker, uh, Kumar Rocker. If if Rocker doesn't get drafted number one overall, it's going to be because they think he's not signable or they think that, uh, you know, he's had a bad year and fallen off or maybe gets injured uh, during the season for Vanderbilt, something to that uh, that that respect. In that case, I think it's one of the shortstops. It's either Matt McLean out of UCLA or Lawler out of uh, Jordan Lawler out of uh, Jesuit Prep. Funny story. I actually know the head coach for Jesuit. Uh, it's a guy named Brian Jones that that I uh, grew up playing against ball, playing ball against, and uh, also played some softball with him and worked with him while he was going through college. And Brian's now been at Jesuit for a while. He's been at Colville Heritage. Uh, good guy, really good guy, and a really good coach. He's had some kids come out of there. But uh, I know Brian personally. So after that, we've got uh, someone, another angel. So another angel that came off of, of Twitter. What are realistic expectations for the Rangers' season? And do the Rangers trade Joey Gallo this season? This is a great question. So what are the realistic expectations? I think realistically you can plan for the Rangers to finish. Um, I think a lot of people think they'll only win 60 to 65 games. I think realistically anywhere from 70 to 80 games they're going to win. Will they go 500? If they go 500, you, you should consider it, consider it basically a miracle season. Um, I just don't think they have the pitching and all of that. Not that their pitching isn't going to be developed pitching that could turn into great pitching with Kyle Cody who I'm really anxious to watch this year. Joe Palumbo, Brock Burke's supposed to be back. You're going to have Dane Dunning who came over. You're still going to have Jordan, uh, Jordan Lyles and Kyle Lewis uh, – uh, Kyle Gibson, I said Kyle Lewis, Kyle Gibson, uh, you're still going to have them um, coming in. So the rotation should be able to eat a few innings. You've got a decent bullpen. You've got LeClerc coming back. But realistically, probably going to finish probably, you know, fourth or fifth in, in the American League West. Um, you know, you're, you're the top would be the A's. I think the A's are in. I think the Astros have slid a little bit um, in that sense. 
I think the Astros have slid just a little bit. But I think it's going to be the A's, then probably the Astros or Angels. And then the last two spots are going to be between Seattle and Texas. And, and uh, Seattle is going to be a, a much improved team. So, so Texas could be in that fifth spot, uh, last in the American League West. Or they could, uh, again, get, get ahead of Seattle or maybe even the Angels, who, again, have not addressed pitching like they should. Um, and they're getting old pretty long in the tooth over there. So, I mean, realistic, best, the best they could finish, really the best they could finish in the West would be third. That, that's the best. More likely going to be fourth or fifth. Um, and is, is uh, do I think the Rangers will trade Joey Gallo? I don't know. They just signed him arbitration. He's making over $6 million. Um, they, he's still under control. The one thing is that l- – let's see where the season goes. If the season goes and Joey Gallo is playing magnificent um, with – you know, and, and they can't get an extension done. Yeah, he's going to get traded this year, probably at the deadline. Um, and, you know, he's got J- Scott Boris as an agent. One thing the Rangers won't do, the Rangers will not uh, just let him go. Look what they did with, you know, with Ruge and those. They're not just going to let Joey walk without getting something decent in return. Right now his value hasn't been any lower. He'll have to raise his value. And then if he does raise his value and play well like he did in 2019, hopefully the Rangers will go out and start trying to, uh, in that situation, hopefully the Rangers will uh, try to extend him. But Scott Boris is not good at that. You know, he's pretty bad. Scott Scott Boris is pretty bad about um, taking – he makes them go to free agency and doesn't let them extend with that team. Um have we heard anything about the fans for 2021? This is Robert Goal. Robert Goal says, have the Rangers said anything about fans for 2021? It's not the Rangers' call. If you don't know about the tournament that's coming up next uh, month, uh, here in February there's going to be an SEC Big 12 tournament. It's just a little round-robin thing. I think there's going to be from the SEC, there's going to be Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and I believe Arkansas, and then uh, TCU, Texas, and Baylor maybe are the three Big 12 teams. Uh, but they're going to – or maybe Kansas – I don't remember which one it is, but they're, they're going to play in a, at, the, at the stadium, the new stadium. They're going to play a little round-robin couple, uh, kind of play each other for two days um, and do a little round-robin tournament thing, and that's going to be open to stands. I think they're going to sell – if you buy a date, there'll be triple headers every day, and they're going to allow like 14,000 fans for the day, and if you buy a ticket, you can be there all day. Um, but that's the Rangers. That's the state. That is the Rangers themselves that own the stadium. That's the, well, Arlington and the stadium that are doing that. It's the Big 12 and the uh, SEC allowing that. And it's the state of Texas allowing that. The Rangers are, they, they are a part of MLB. And MLB does that different. It doesn't matter if the state of Texas is going to allow fans. MLB can come in and say no fans. And if they say no fans, it won't matter. The Rangers won't be allowed to have fans. I'm thinking, honestly, that since they're trying to get spring training started on time, I think that it's going to be more of a – they're only going to do so many fans, and it's probably only going to be about 14,000 fans, whatever. I think that's more likely what we're going to see, uh, something like that. And it, it'll be limited fans, and hopefully by the All-Star break, if, if the uh, – you know, they're, they're trying to roll out right now the, the – uh, the the uh, the shot and everything and get everybody inoculated and get the shot then maybe they'll they'll start allowing more fans I hope so I've been in the stadium walked around it I love it I think it's a great facility I, I'm ready for you guys to get it, be able to get in there and see it <clears throat> so no the Rangers haven't said anything and the reason they haven't said anything is because they are bound by MLB and the MLB will have to make that choice and that's probably coming up. Will the, will the Rangers look for protection for Gallo or a couple of more starting pitchers before the start of spring training? 
Starting pitching, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't know. I think they've got enough arms right now. You've got so you've got Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles. You've got Dane Dunning. You've got Kyle Cody. You've got Joe Palumbo, Brock Burke. You've got Taylor Hearn, who could go back into the rotation. You've got people like Cole Wynn are going to probably start out close to double-A. You've got Hans Kraus, who's moving up, who should be close to double-A. Um, you've got a few guys to to see, get those guys going, see what happens. You've got the guys coming back from uh, Tommy John, uh, guys like uh, uh, Owens and uh, uh, Mason Englert. Englert. Uh, the couple of guys that Tommy John are going to be coming back. Cole Reagans is going to be out again. He's in the, you know, and Venasco won't be coming back this, this year. So probably I don't see it on Gallo. The protection right now, they, they have gotten him some. Nate Lowe is somebody that could protect him. So, so is David Dahl that came over from the Rockies. That's somebody that could protect him. Look, it's not idea. I mean, I think you'd want a big bat to do it, but right now they're not going to spend that money unless they could go out and make a big trade and get, get somebody young and, and controllable. And that's, this is the point where they do that. Um, so um, right now he is a little bit protected going into there. Hey, and don't sleep on, I, I keep saying this to people, the people are arguing with me over it. Don't sleep on Ronald Guzman. Look at it. Ronald Guzman had one unbelievable winter league. He's the MVP of the winter league, led the team in home runs. Team made the 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 the, the winter league uh, playoffs. He was hitting home runs in the playoffs and hitting well and playing well. He looks different at the plate. I know it's not the same talent that you're going to be facing here, but there are major leaguers playing there. Um, uh, Nate Lowe has options. So look. If these two go in and battle at first base, Nate Lowe and, and Ronald Guzman, and they're anywhere at all even throughout that entire process, Nate Lowe's going to win that battle because that's why they brought him over with Tampa Bay. They think he's the answer, that he could do that. But if if Ronald Guzman keeps playing the way he is playing right now, um, he's the better first baseman defensively, and the Rangers aren't just going to let that guy go. Um, does he have some trade value? He might. But do you let him walk if he's turning into what Nelson Cruz did? Now, people forget about Nelson Cruz. When they traded for Nelson Cruz, he was the prospect that was thrown in with that trade with the Brewers. Uh, Nelson Cruz came here. He couldn't hit the way the Rangers thought that they changed the scenery, might get him going. They couldn't. They actually designated him for assignment. He cleared waivers, went back down to Oklahoma City. And that second half of that season, uh, but he was 27 years old, something hit. He, they opened his stance up. They changed his approach, and something opened up. I saw what he was doing in AAA, and I said, next year, that's the name to watch. And he came in that next year. He made the Rangers roster, hit 38 home runs, and look what he did going through the playoffs. He was 28 when he figured it out. You don't want to let someone like a Nelson Cruz walk out that door. Uh, Ronald Guzman's only 26 years old. If he's legitimately figured it out and his spring keeps going with what he's doing right now, don't let that guy walk out the door. Uh, Nate Lowe can can DH. Nate Lowe can maybe learn another position. Whatever, because you're not going to keep both of them out of lineup if they're both hitting good, but don't let him walk. People argue with me with that about that. How many times do you give this guy? Well, he's cheap. It's not like they signed uh, Ronald Guzman to a big extension and he's owed you know, $17 million a year or $15 million a year, whatever Ruge is, they haven't done with him. He's very cheap. He's only arbitration. He's only going to make so much. He's making league, a little over league minimum. He'll be about the same price as Nate Lowe. But, man, if he's playing like that, you got to let him stay.
Um, that's that's my thing on that. So that's my prediction on Gallo and and the and starting pitching. I don't see him doing it unless it's somebody they trade for. That's a long term solution. I uh, got one from Sean. This is the last one. Does Woodward hold his position when this when the next competitive window opens up for the Rangers? Is Woodward still in, holding his position? So in other words, I said in 2022 or 23, I really think that that's when uh, the Rangers will compete. Will uh, Chris Woodward still be the manager? If you had to wrap my hand behind my back and twist it, I would say yes. I think so. I think you can't blame Chris Woodward for what he's had to work with. Um, uh, you can't totally blame him. Now, if this team doesn't win more than 60 games this year or at least show competitiveness, what you want, you want this team to be competitive, be in every game, be playing well, uh, hanging out around 500, winning 70 to 80 games. If this team does that with the players and what they have and there's legit improvement and you can see that this this guy is going to be – if you can see that IKF's the new starting shortstop, if you can see that Nate Lowe is it at first base or he's going to move over to third and be a third baseman, he's serviceable there, he plays a good defensive third base. Ronald Goodman's figured it out. Uh, Leody Tavares is, is going to be good out in the outfield. David Dahl was what we hoped for. Gallo's playing better. Dane Dunning's a great pitcher. Jordan, I, I would imagine that Jordan Lyles and Kyle Gibson would be cheap trades at the trade deadline, um, although they're signed through this year. Um, they're probably going to be on the trading block by the trade deadline if they're pitching well. Um, if they're pitching really well, it might be something that they, you know, uh, that, that they would maybe try to extend a little bit, but more than likely there'll be somebody to be moved. But then you've got Kyle Cody showing that he could be a potential ace. Uh, Joe Palumbo, who I've always slept on. I just think Joe, Joe Palumbo misses bats. If he can't get in the rotation, he'll end up being a good bullpen piece. Jose LeClerc is going to be your closer now. Um, all of that. So, I, I, I mean – I think so. I think Woodward's going to work with these young kids and see what they got. Then going into next offseason, they'll make the moves they need to 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 in, totally improve the team. Hopefully got a better grasp on what, what pitching uh, they have before they go out and make some sort of free agent signings. So that's the Q&A. If you heard your name, you're in the, you're in the drawing. Uh, thanks to Jeff Fry who's going to get us that shirt that we're going to give out in the drawing. And, and once I do the drawing, I'll reach out to the winner and get your shirt size and get Jeff to get it to me. Um, guys, thanks for the Q&A. It was a lot of fun. This thing's going to start kicking off when spring training goes. We'll try to do this more often. Uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to get uh, this one going at least once a week, maybe twice a week, depending on how the, the season's going and, and, and how things are going. We're also going to have uh, – I'll be producing the sheet gone podcast it won't be about ranger stuff as much as jeff getting out there and talking about the game of baseball and the problems he sees with it he works with a lot of you guys if you're um if you're little league coaches or your kids are in select ball and all of that that's going to be a good podcast for you to listen to and jeff's got a lot of following got over ten thousand followers on twitter hey guys follow me on twitter at ranger nation pod at ranger nation pod go follow jeff at at o three j fry at O3J Fry, if you want to go over there and see that podcast he's going to do. Appreciate everybody. Thanks for being a part of this one. And like I say at the end of, hey, by the way, I've got it coming out. I've already done the uh, the first five, the top 20 prospects. Let me explain the top 20 prospects so you guys don't understand why Sam Huff will not be in it. Sam Huff does not qualify for my top 20. You cannot play one inning of major league baseball to qualify for my top 20 sam huff can't be on it anderson tejada can't be on it shirt and apostel can't be on it those guys cannot be on the top 20 because they have played in the major leagues there are players that were in the in in the top 20 last year that did not play in the major leagues that will probably slide down or out 
mainly because of injuries. Ricky Venasco is by far and away a top five prospect. I'm not going to include him this year just because Ricky's going through Tommy John this year, and it won't mean that he won't be back next year. He'll jump back in it for sure when he gets healthy and gets back going again. But for right now, I'm just going to slide him out so that I don't take up a spot for somebody who's not probably going to be out playing this year. Uh, we're going to, you know, obviously we, we'll keep in touch with Ricky and hope that he's doing well. Maybe reach out to him this offseason and see how things are going in his rehab. Guys, thanks for being a part of this one. Hey, like I say at the end of everything I write and every one of these, nerd out. This is Nick Solak with the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast.